you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. And today I'm joined by a special guest, David, let me get it right, David Kerner? Or Yes, exactly. Okay, David Kerner. So David, please introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, what's your problem? Yes, hello. Uh, René, uh, first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, that's that's great. Um, thanks for that. And uh, yes, I'm David. I'm a software developer. I'm working in the um, ArcJS Maps SDK for JavaScript team, which is divided into these big sub teams like the 2D team in Redlands and the 3D team in Zurich, in the R&D center in Zurich. And that's where I'm located. I'm working here. And so my work mostly revolves around 3D rendering and also like the tooling and analysis tools and also like the experience in general, like like how things will be used in the API from the user perspective, from the developer perspective. So that's yeah what I do most of the time. And what's related to my problem is that I actually come from a different industry, the visual effects industry. And uh, so my journey then took me to GIS and for me, it's very interesting and, and very exciting in my work here to to basically figure out the GIS way of thinking and to see what might be worth bringing in from the computer graphics perspective. So I would say that my problem is like bringing modern computer graphics to GIS. And this does not only mean the rendering side, but also like the tooling and also like the mindset. Yeah. That's cool. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's just Switzerland and the education system over there, but I've heard of a lot of developers out there are into computer graphics, or that's like it's what they studied in school or something like that. So I'm not sure if maybe that's the like very popular at universities out there, or something like that. But is is that the case? I, I would say so. Um, I um, I, I don't have a, an overview of of the universities in general, but I know that that in Zurich, especially, we have also have other like um, computer graphics companies, like or like with with a lot of weight on computer graphics topics, like Nvidia is here as well, and and also I have been recommended uh, to so I was in com into computer graphics in general, and and then I have been recommended to look at Esri, and I also I learned from Esri. Uh, I learned about SV from from back then when it was procedural. So uh -huh. and, and it, it it appeared also to me that there's a lot of like computer graphics. Uh, also, Disney research is here in Zurich, so there's a lot of yeah. It, it feels very computer graphics, and also like Facebook has, has has a lot of stuff here computer graphics related. So yes, I would say it's true. Yeah, from my perspective. And I don't know if a lot of people know. I mean, I mean it's kind of weird. Es Esri itself doesn't really talk about it too much, but I know like if you go to SeaGraph. Um, we have some devs out here that go see graphs like that. It'll come up. But uh, some Esri 3D software has been used in uh, movies, right? Like, uh, I Absolutely. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, was it um, Big Hero 6 City was one? Yeah, City Engine was mm -hmm. used, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of times in those uh, animated movies, we see these large cityscapes, right? Mm -hmm. That is Esri yes. software being used to generate that. That's really cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's actually funny. So when I was working in London, um, I was working in one of these big visual effects houses, and we actually also evaluated City Engine back then. But it was, I remember Java only, and this was kind of a deal breaker because a lot of visual effects um, software is uh, Linux based. Yeah, but but it was uh, it was um, yeah seen and used uh, in many places. Yeah. How is it working with a uh, 3D on the web? Because I mean, you're pretty much using WebGL a lot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. You don't have a lot of low level C 
stuff you probably mm -hmm. would like to use, but uh, mm -hmm. you're really pushing the limits of what you can do in a, in so, a browser, right? <laughs> so that's that's also an interesting aspect because I also, um, when I was younger, I was in the demo scene, and the demo scene is this kind of subculture where you would try to develop really compelling, like real-time um, uh, interactive, like uh, not interactive, but but real time um, movies or short clips, basically, and and the, the the constraint was to to only use 64 kilobytes, and and so I'm actually I actually embrace the idea of having a limited palette, um, to to speak in in artist terms, so to to have a, uh, to only be able to use certain tools that kind of sometimes um heightens your work so and I, and i feel this is a bit also what's going on with webgl if you cannot use everything you you have to be creative and and, and that's cool yeah, in a way that's neat that's a lot of fun and i mean mm -hmm. we, there's a lot of um you know changes going on in the browser with webgl well it's, i guess web gpu stuff now and absolutely um, attempts at using WebAssembly to do some stuff and WebAssembly is great yeah i i i done some stuff it's really nice we have a little bit of it in the maps sdk for javascript it's just that those um files can get very large if you're not careful right mm -hmm. so we haven't i don't think we've really leveraged it too much for any rendering stuff at this point correct mm -hmm. yes that's i mean we actually leverage it at one point which i'm really um, excited about which I really love is uh, which is the the voxel layer. So um, as ah. far as I understand, the, the pro team actually implemented the voxel layer rendering code in in uh, and they have a web assembly target which they use in our API. And this was the first time we had another um, team basically bring in their code and use it in our API. And this is working really well. Working really well. I love the voxel layer because also I have been working with volume rendering in the past a lot. So I, I really like to cool. see this yes, <laughs> being used. And it's interesting that you mentioned web GPU because I feel these constraints, the web GL constraints, these will go away. And I, I foresee kind of a convergence uh, between web technology and desktop technology. Web GPU in particular from the interface is actually, actually very appealing because it's a different form factor of these close to the metal APIs like Vulkan and, and in some way a bit simpler. So, so the, there have been talks about using WebGPU actually also for desktop applications because the interface is just a bit more 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 nicer in, in certain ways. I found that interesting. Yeah, I know that um, Jeroen, he works on our, our 2D rendering. He's very excited about it. He won't shut up about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> He's like just ready to go full steam ahead, everything. But yeah, it mm -hmm. seems like it's a, it's a really great technology uh, coming up. Well, it's, yes. it's I guess we're using it now and it's, it's browser support is kind of you know, coming along for everybody uh, at this point, right? It's not, I think yes. we're at hundred percent, but it's coming. <laughs> exactly. So Chrome is actually, it, it releases in May, actually, it releases um, 1.0 and in Chrome. And so this is going to be the first browser which will support it like fully and um, for the clients. It's nice. Now, how do you see developers leveraging 3D in their applications, like using the Maps SDK uh, today? What are some cool things people are able to do with 3D. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like this like this question. And um, let me think about it for a second. Um so so I, I feel this question touches on the idea or like, like this question of where can 3D add value? And 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 for this it's interesting to to think about okay, um what is the difference between 2D and 3D? And and, and 2D is 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 always a projection, right? So this means you lose a dimension and and this has a lot of benefits in certain cases, like routing, where you don't need 
to know the height of the building. You just look from the top on the map and then you have an easier understanding on, on where to go. And so the, the answer would be um, 3D is useful or can be leveraged wherever this additional dimension is basically um, provides a benefit or, or some, some additional um, usefulness to your application. And, and more specifically, um, you can make um, experience more immersive. So if you if you have as a, as a realistic um, representation of the scene with the terrain as it is, 3D models of buildings as they are, and and so on, and also not on, uh, not only about the geometry, but also like in terms of materials, reflections in these things, this can add a lot of value to a scene just like that to have has real realistic representation of the scene. And there's many other ways like. Um, for example, visualization of data. So we have um, 3D symbology, and this can be data driven. So you can have like your your footprints. You can extrude them in height, and then use that to visualize a certain um, a certain dimension in the data set or whatever. And yeah, there's a lot of other things as well, like the voxel layers I already mentioned. Yeah, great way of visualizing scientific data sets and stuff. Yeah. So I guess like the realistic scenes are really good for maybe planning folks, right? They want to see what new mm -hmm. buildings might go up and they can even, like you said, they can switch out what those materials might be, um, how they can, uh, reflection of those materials. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if it's a, if it's a building that's mostly, uh, some kind of glass or something like that, right? You get a pretty good idea of the reflection, which is also really cool in the API because we do have reflection, um, from mm -hmm. sunlight, you have shadows and everything like that. So you can actually see how those buildings are going to impact um shadows throughout the day right yes and what's cool is and i always thought it was really neat is you can actually pick a specific time and date for your scene and you'll get a very good representation of what those shadows would look like right yes <laughs> and, even, and even further another aspect of things where you can leverage 3d is um the analysis tools and here we have the shadow cast widget for example where you can then you set the time and date you you get the correct like position of the sun and and then you can click in the scene and see okay how much shadow does uh, a location or an area receive over the whole day and this yeah, stuff like this yeah that's really because we would get stuff like that from um when i work county and stuff like that we always had questions about you know if we put up a new light pole at a you know an old landfill that's on a hill how many people are going to see it or anything like that was done mm -hmm. on the hills for these old landfills that need work to be done is that how's that going to impact the scene or the area from the surrounding neighborhoods right so those are yes. definitely the kind of things you could do very quickly now uh, in a 3d mm -hmm. environment which is really neat and then you can send that app out to everybody everyone that has decisions to make on it has input mm -hmm. just send it to them they could all view it uh, everybody mm -hmm. gets their input in that's just a great way of working mm -hmm. on it which is nice yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah and there's also other you can do some pretty cool other things with the the scene like there's the um the edges right the uh like kind of like, uh, sketchy mm -hmm. edges on buildings ah, yes. you can do right yeah so you can also do some other non-realistic things that kind of add to um maybe whatever it is to try to the story you're trying to tell with a particular mm -hmm. scene right which is kind of cool yeah so so i also find this is actually to me also like a quite important use case to use basically the data and for representation uh, like, like you want to make it look nice you want to maybe have an illustrative feel to your scene when you present it as to, to some audience so and these these having things look nice they they seem not so important or i, I understand from the, the things looking nice 
hasn't been important, but but it's becoming more important as these data sets are shared and distributed and to different audiences. I think visual appeal is 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 a, is an important factor. I feel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you can go from showing maybe like um, you know, existing uh development is shown in the realistic matter, but then new developments coming in could be shown in these mm -hmm. non-realistic uh mm -hmm. values, and people can have a really clear uh picture of what you're trying yes. to do what you're trying to tell them right yes um, and so like the analysis tools you're talking about too i mean from the um like we have measurement tools like uh distance and area measurement um does mm -hmm. area does it also include volume volumetric tools no. not yet no not yet but okay. it's um we are talking about it and it's uh, we know that people are asking for this yeah I, there's I'm... also the yeah there's also the line of sight tool line of sight's great yeah mm -hmm. As volumetric, really cool because I know one of the things we would, uh, again, when I work, I'm an old county guy. We worked uh, for local government. It was always like, you know, if we need to uh, fill up a, you know, landfill, because I worked in landfill. You fill up the landfill. Oh, yes. How much mm -hmm. dirt are we talking here? Uh, can you give me yeah. a quick number? Then we just do the numbers by hand, you know, just figure mm -hmm. it all out. But it'd be nice to just have a way to like select an area in the ground and fill it in, and you get a nice volumetric number back what mm -hmm. you need to do those are always fun but the so, just the um distance uh, measurement tools in 3d are really really cool i don't think people really mm -hmm. get how cool they are because you get these nice um it has a really nice ui you get uh, nice angles mm -hmm. and everything on that mm -hmm. it's a great tool yeah this was funny when i i when we discussed like new tools and the the visualization i i, I looked at pro and i said hey the start line measurement tool and we also did the same with ProDid, and then I learned that actually Pro like like the design and then took <laughs> over. So it's interesting. And also with the measurement tools, there's an interesting aspect to which we have to discuss internally is how how much do we convey like accuracy, right? So because if you measure things on the client in the web, you will only measure what has been loaded, like in terms of the terrain and stuff. And we try to load things as we need, but there's some compromises to be taken if not all data is available all the time. And and so that's an interesting aspect uh, which you have to think about. And I think it's with anyone working with data on the web like that, it's always um, that same question always comes up because a lot of times we have this people are, you understand when you load the data, we load what we need to visualize everything. Um, mm -hmm. If you need an accurate measurement of like you know a window, how big is that window I'm looking at? Well, okay, you're not going to get a good measurement if you're zoomed out so you can see the whole side of a building. You zoom mm -hmm. in a bit further, okay, now you can get a way better measurement than you normally would have type of situation, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. this, I think people just need to be aware of like what they're dealing with at particular times, but it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Are there any cool new features coming to 3D you can talk about? We have the 427 release around the corner, and I think by the time this podcast comes out, 427 should be out. Um, mm -hmm. Anything at 427 or coming up that you could talk about? Um, so I can talk about, for example, one of the bigger projects that has been mentioned also by one of your previous guests because it's a big project across many teams, which is the scene layer editing. So that's going to be very, very cool that you we are now doing more and more in the realms of being able to not only visualize and look at the data, but also like go in and actually change it. And I think that's that's really cool because it opens up a lot of, a lot of new possibilities and 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 area or, or like space of of things you can do. So uh, more specifically, the the scene layer currently is like this thing where you bring in the data, maybe in Pro. Then you create this scene layer package and and you publish it to get a scene layer, which is kind of this. 
this different data format internally it uses our i3s representation which is optimized for streaming and and lod levels and stuff like that and and you cannot really change it anymore because it has been the data has been adjusted to be really performant for visualization but now the plan is to allow users to actually click on items in the 3d object scene layer and move them around and and, and change change the position, not only the attributes, which is already possible, but also change the geometry, being able to upload your own data sets and convert them. I think this is this is really, really cool. Yeah. That's neat. And I've played with that before. I've gone to, there's a few sites you can go to, we can download these like, um, where they get GLTF objects or something yes. like, and you can download them and you can upload them right into your mm-hmm. uh, web app and your, your scenes and yeah. stuff like that. So you can replace yeah. your um, trees with like, you know, uh, a giant duck or something like that, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. It's just yeah. kind of fun to mess around with. It's neat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and then also like in the and then I think also like we are um, looking at for example bringing three D basements uh, to the to the web, which was also cool. So being able to have out of the box three D content anywhere on the globe. That'd be uh, neat. That's super cool. Yeah, that'd be nice to have some three D specific uh, base maps uh, that people could mm-hmm. use. That would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then our, our, our engine, like sub team, is also all, always working very hard to improve the graphics and the performance. So, um, yeah, getting good terrain shading and also like being able, for example, if you if you don't move the camera, being able to use the idle resources on the CPU and the GPU nice. to, to to produce a better frame, and, and so that 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 you can also get get these um, cool graphics effects. Not only if you uh, if you have a high quality profile but also if you if you have the cpu and gpu resources by not uh, moving anything around or something yeah. that'd be useful because i know like if you're uh we have the ability to add like weather right to a scene mm-hmm. so you can have rain or snow or something like that but if you're doing a lot of interactivity at the same time then you know if, mm-hmm. if your machine's not up for it it could uh, a little start yes. here and there but if you leave yeah. it alone you, sh- you should be fine like that's a that's a really great thing you could do and, and it's mm-hmm. fun too it's fun to mess with the weather i really enjoy that yeah, yeah, and as well, we have the water motion and everything now, so that's really nice. Yeah, the shimmer. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, and I also, uh, I'm always, I always like to think also like long term. What what can users expect long term? And this is of course very vague, but I feel that um, in the long term we can we will see um, and basically more of what we currently have, like these improvements in visual qualities. We get more editing capabilities. And I think there's a trend that 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 we see more and more the the web and the the desktop applications to merge and and this will I feel trigger users and customers to ask for more capabilities on the web which they know from desktop. And I know that one of your previous guests here has said that having ArcGIS Pro on the web is is is, is not a good idea or something. And I I actually disagree. Um, I I would I would say having ArcGIS Pro on the web like it is now on the desktop definitely makes maybe not a lot of sense but but having like a, a lightweight version or like a, a, a different like um form factor of arches pro on the <laughs> web, I, I can see that people may want to have that yeah maybe so, funny, yeah. if they could handle all the different like type of data loading and everything else that people yes. can do i think that that yeah. would definitely be a fun app to try out mm-hmm. yeah Maybe we'll yeah. get something in that in the uh, online, like if map viewer and scene viewer and stuff in the future, they'll mm-hmm. some lightweight features out of all that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll call somebody. And, all, 
And, and also, like like one of my like, kind of personal takes is that um, from the visual effects industry, I, I know that that it's really powerful to have tools which are kind of designed in terms of basic building blocks which you combine. And so, for example, visual programming, like using node graphs to to set up certain elements of your data, that's very popular. And and I feel in in the API we currently have this more monolithic approach that you have one API, you can bring in data and stuff. But and um, there's not this not so much this idea of having building blocks. And and I feel this is going to change also a bit. I, I feel we are going into we, we may be going into a direction where we have more customizability on, on, on the API as well for, for developers. Oh, awesome. All right, David, well, I want to be um, appreciative of your time here, respect your time that you got available, but could you drop a couple of tips, tricks maybe for listeners, anything at all? doesn't even have to be yeah. 3D geo-related. Anything you want to let people know about? Yeah. Um, so uh, let me think about it. This is a deep one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, 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 we didn't talk a lot about like more personal things, but this is a bit personal, I feel. So I think um, one of the, 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 the main lessons I learned in life so far was don't compare yourself to others. I think it doesn't help and it's it's the recipe for misery. Uh, so I, I really like that idea that, that yeah, there's a solution that everybody starts at the same place or in, at a similar place, but that's not true. I think we have so, everybody comes from, there's so much diversity, everybody comes from a very different background or like there's there's a lot of variety in where people are coming from and what they went through. So if you start comparing yourself, you you you, you don't see a lot of things uh, and, and that maybe your comparison is probably false or not useful. That's a good Another, Yeah. Another one um, would be um, don't take life too seriously. Um, this touches on the first point where a lot of things are actually random, and 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 by having so much randomness in your life, uh, it's more like a game to me than than actually <laughs> like something something serious. So yeah, that's funny you say that because we mm -hmm. just uh, out of nowhere ended up with a dog, another dog last night because my wife's cousin just. I was like, hey, oh, I, have, I, have, I have another dog here. If you guys want one, we're like, well, sure, okay. So now we got a random, <laughs> cool. you know, new dog we're uh, yeah. taking care of over here and intertwining yeah. into the family and stuff. So just out yeah. of nowhere here, you don't know what you're going to expect. So that's great. Yeah. Those are great words of advice. Well, thank you, David. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. I'll be seeing you next time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.